This is mm. breakfast coffee for me. So. Um, <laughs> yes, it's not breakfast. I've been up for far too long. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've been up, what? Don't know. I've been up like an hour. That, that's more than acceptable. Yeah. I mean, for a, yeah, for somebody who's worked on nice. nights, <laughs> that's more than acceptable. I, I, like, I think I went to bed at like four or five-ish. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I got up like an hour after you went to bed. Yeah. She's usually the way. Like every, I come in, I'll text a few people, and I'm like, "Why are you awake?" It's like I'm waking up. And I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm going to sleep." So goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> cool. Cool. We'll crack on then. Yeah. So welcome to Yelling at Concrete Podcast. Finally. Finally. <laughs> How many attempts is it? <laughs> it's got to have been like five. At least. Attempts. Mm-hmm. To get us in the same room. <laughs> the amount of issues we've had. <laughs> yeah. We got there though. I mean, we even today. Like, yeah. yeah, even I mean, today. It was well, like semi battling, <laughs> battling the odds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was trying to think when we originally met. Uh, two years ago. Is it two years ago? Last frequency. It seems like it was last year, in my head. Two years ago, frequency is happening again this year, isn't it? So, 2017. Yeah. yeah. And what were you doing on that? I was the production coordinator <laughs> for Threshold Studios at the time. Fair enough. Um, oh. And was organising all the workshops. Yeah. And sourcing mean? out artists and making sure they were all had beds and were happy with their installs and oh i mean um, that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i learned a lot yeah. um so yeah i was an intern for threshold two years before yeah and then obviously then i became part of the team uh february 2017 yeah. and then i finished with them last year so it's been about a year since i left there, yeah. So what's your what's your official role now? If I was to give you one, <laughs> if you, I, so I came up with my own job title because I don't really fit in the industry quite how people would want me to. Okay. And um, so I call myself a curator educator. Curator educator. Which like nobody goes, what's that? <laughs> I mean, you curate education. Yeah. <laughs> Is what I infer from that title. Yeah, it's kind of a combination. It's for me, it's what a curator should be. Okay. But isn't currently in the industry. Okay. Um, and because my work overlaps with doing exhibition work and workshops and community projects, I kind of have to like have a mismatch title yeah. to kind of suit it. Like an author of. Yeah, of yeah. So I'm, if you if I just call myself a curator, people expect me to live in a gallery or a museum. Um, I guess so. Or be doing stuff in the public realm, just doing exhibitions where it's for me it's a bit more than that and it's kind of my background is like art education okay and i've worked in schools and i've done lots of different work in education settings and try to bring that into like the curatorial side of things and how people see things how people engage things and how you create a narrative for people to engage with okay if that makes any sense. I mean, it seems to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I see, like, when you're posting and whatnot, it's a lot of, lot of activity, yeah. workshops and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm focusing on at the moment because yeah. 
I'm now a proper business. I set up as a, yeah, I know, like legal stuff. and Legal stuff. Yeah, and yeah, adulthood, which I'm not sure I like at the minute, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes adulthood. No. It's just no. thrust upon you. <laughs> yeah, you're an adult, you have to function. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think, like, like, no one gives you a memo. Like, I feel like, you know, <laughs> like... happens. You know, you get your national insurance card when you're younger. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they do you that. You don't right? get them anymore. Do you know what I'm no. Right? We're so old. <laughs> <laughs> When you get that card when you're like 14, 15 or whatever it is, yeah. and it's like, yeah, cool, so you're now officially, you're you a citizen. Be on the payroll. Yeah, you're a citizen of the world now. Yeah. So you, it's thrust upon you, but there's no like adult card, which you get when you're like 26. <laughs> <laughs> they come along and go, you're officially uh officially You're officially adult. an adult, you officially have to do adult things. You have to have responsibilities. Yeah, now. definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want that card. I think I'd send it back there. I'd be like, no, I don't want this yet. Can you send it me oh, a bit later? A little bit later. Yeah. Just postpone it a decade. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, a decade from now. Yeah, definitely. And that I can mean, be a proper grown-up now. <laughs> I think I've had this conversation. I think maybe it's like the risk of the podcast being with a fair amount of people who are my age or younger. Mm. Of, I don't think I've had anyone who's gone, yeah, I feel like an adult. Oh, I know what makes me an adult. I think, well, I kind of know what makes me an adult, but I don't, like, want to be it. <laughs> I don't know, like, maybe... Because it's that kind of thing of, like, you've got all these little milestones when you're, you're like, 16 through 18. Or, I guess, 16 through 25, if you count renting a van. But... <laughs> I feel like that's a real minute one. But, uh, I mean, that's my son. I've not ticked that off, so maybe I'm not a real adult yet. Then. Yeah, you need to go yeah. rent a van. Rent a van. Well, I, I will not be able to drive it. I could rent it, but I won't be able to drive it. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know, small steps. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like you get all those little ones, and that's that's meant to make you... And then they just kind of, like, they dapper off. Yeah. As you get to your 30s. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, I've already hit my 30s, so... Yeah, I hit this year. Yeah. November's my my thirtieth. Uh, okay, so I hit mine last year. Which again, like it didn't it it didn't bother me, like the idea of turning thirty until I turned twenty nine. Yeah, I think twenty nine is worse than thirty. It is definitely twenty nine. Like so you're on much the edge. waiting around, <laughs> and nobody. But I just want to be thirty now. Let's skip twenty nine. Let's just go twenty eight thirty, and we're yeah. done. There's that there's that um, Blink One song of like no one likes you when you're 23. Mm. I feel like 29 is exactly that. <laughs> Nobody likes when you're 29. No one likes you when you're 29 because like 20 to 27 year olds, 28 year olds, they're all like, I'm in my 20s. You know, I, I know what's happening with life, and all 30 year olds are like, I've been through it. It's fine. I'm I've in done, my 30s. Done yeah. You sat there at 29, just like, please talk to me. 29 is yeah, it's a little bit of limbo. It is. It's a whole. I feel like 28 is 29. Yeah, especially like so. My birthday's December, so it's waiting the whole year yeah. for that. It's like a proper yeah. <laughs> bookmark at the Book- end of the year. It's like, come on. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse than at the beginning of the year. Well, if you have it at the beginning of the year, you get it over, and then you're like, yeah, I'm just going. This is thirty year. Yeah. Over yeah. it. Whereas you go, I wait a full. Obviously, everybody waits a full twelve months for their next birthday, but. <laughs> Some people just skip forward. Just skip forward. <laughs> it's like, you know what? No, I want 31. Let's, let's go do it. Let's <laughs> just fast forward. If we do it now, I don't have to do it later. Yeah, and I have yeah, free yeah. time now. Yeah. Or you could do it when my mates and has um, their birthdays uh, the 28th of December. They have uh, their 
essentially become the queen and have a second birthday in the middle of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I feel like I missed a trick there. Yeah. I think that's a lot of December birthdays do that. I know quite a few people, I know more people than I probably should who have birthdays on Christmas Eve. I have a birthday, I'm on Christmas yeah. Eve. This is, it's like I know at least seven or eight people who have a birthday on Christmas Eve and I'm like, the probability of this is, like, what happens nine months before Christmas Eve that makes everyone like, you know what, we should probably have a well, baby. Well, I was two weeks early, so. Okay. I, was, I think I was late. No, no, maybe a because I'm like start of November, and then I think I think I was meant to be born just after bonfire night. Okay. And I came just before bonfire night, yeah. in like an early morning rush. Early morning Out rush. Out of my mother. <laughs> 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 but back to creating. <laughs> yeah, it was a slight side note. Um, That's the beauty of having an hour. You can just chat, <laughs> chat about whatever you want to chat. About. Um, but yeah, so you like. Yeah, so, a mix of stuff. Yeah. I mean, having your own job title, does that mean that you can never apply for a job? <laughs> uh, it means I can apply for multiple, because I okay. can just go, well, um, today I'm more yeah. curator than I am educator. And for me, the two interweave, and like it's the way the two influence each other. Yeah. Um, and like I did, when I did my MA, that's kind of when I came up with that like job title. Did you do MA in curation then? Yeah, I did it here. Lincoln, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've now covered all the universities in Lincoln. I did my BA at BG. I did my MA down the hill. I mean, my opinion on Lincoln University is mixed. <laughs> so. oh, I really enjoyed my MA. Um, there was five of us on the course. Um, part of the reason why... Course? Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the course doesn't exist anymore. It was yeah. like scrapped after four years. Which is a massive shame because it was a fantastic course. There was so much like the reason I applied for it mm-hmm. was that it was the practical element. It was that actually it was more learning as you're doing, okay. and that's kind of how I learn anyway. Yeah. Um, and I wanted, yeah, I wanted something where I got a lot of experience because I knew that's what I would need to go into the field. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, and I, that's when I kind of came up with this idea of the curator educator role yeah because part of the ma was kind of interrogating what this role of the curator is and looking at like different exhibitions and looking at how people like put an exhibition together from like the interpretation to what they select and everything like that and um even talking like part of the ma was actually talking to um people currently in the field and we had to, uh, one of our assignments was picking an exhibition and like literally analysing it. Okay. And I picked the Rothko exhibition from 2007-8 at the Tate Modern. Alright. Um, and I, the strand I was interrogating was the use of interpretation because there was so much of it. You can still go on the Tate's website today and look at the exhibition online and you'll okay. see all the panels of text. And I have a real big bugbear about <laughs> and museums, galleries, anywhere where... They're using a lot of interpretation because for me, then the audience is being told, yeah, not to, not necessarily told what to think, but they've been given a lot more information before they've even had a chance to look at it themselves. Yeah, they're trying to contextualise it to such a yeah, level. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think um, the Tate does, in my opinion, some things right 
and they do some things that I would suggest they improve upon. Their interpretation is one of them. Because <laughs> I have literally sat in the middle of Tate Modern because I'm a strange being and I like to see how people interact in a, uh, in yeah. a gallery space. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, I think strange. everyone people watches. Yeah. That's one of those. Especially I mean, the Tate Modern. doing it in a gallery is probably yeah. a bit more niche. Especially like the Tate, though. I find it's, such a, it's a great place because so many people go to the Tate because yeah. it's the Tate. Like no other, they don't even have to be interested in that. They'll no, go it's, it, it's a it's name. It's yeah. a name, isn't it? It's so kind you, of like a. I'm in London. Yeah. I should go to Tate Modern. I should go to Tate Britain. Yeah, um, and you kind of get people, and you you sit and watch them, and you can you can recognise the different like separations. Yeah, like, definitely. Here's the tourists who have come because it's the Tate. Yeah, yeah. Here's the art students because yeah. they're sat sketching yeah. for some reason. I've, I've never done that. I've never no, understood that. I've never that. sat in a gallery. I don't go why you go to a gallery to sketch someone else's sculpture. <laughs> it feels very like GCSE art, doesn't it? And like, here's a thing that you have to draw. Yeah. I really hated GCSE art for that reason. I tried to rebel against my art teacher so much, I think he really disliked me for that. <laughs> I think that's why I didn't get the grade I wanted. <laughs> well, I proved my art teacher wrong. He predicted me a C. I got an A. Mm, <laughs> in your face. <laughs> oh, see, I, I, my, mine seems so like, minimal because it's like... Uh, I came out with an A, mm. but I wanted an A star. Yeah. And there was me and another girl in the class mm. who, we were basically the top students yeah. in the art class, and she came out with an A star. Mm. And I was fuming about it, because I was like, what is the difference between me and her? Yeah. And it's because she did very traditional paintings, yeah. landscapes, all those kinds of things. Whereas I just like this massive mixed media piece about the Holocaust. <laughs> and I was just I said, it's like... Yeah, my art teacher doesn't really like mixed media. Yeah, and uh, the amount of discussions I've had with art teachers over the years about how they perceive your work influences the mark they give. Oh, yeah. I've literally, I've had arguments with art teachers over the years. Um, one told me that art's not subjective. I was like, ooh. You teach art? You teach, what? How? Yeah, I, I don't believe this is true. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, going back to the taste, I've literally watched people, you've got the interpretation panel, the piece of work, I've seen them read for five minutes, then glance at the piece of artwork, and then, and then walk, walk on. I'm like, this is back to front. Hmm. It needs to be the other way around. So if you got rid of that interpretation panel, or you minimised it, yeah. that experience would be different. And particularly like looking at Roscoe, for me, Roscoe is very... It's a piece of artwork that is, you experience it. Yeah. And, like, I still think that the Tate are missing a massive trick by not having proper, like, seating in the Roscoe room that they still currently have. Mm-hmm. Literally, they need to have, like, just, like, chaisons. People just chill. I, th- I would be so happy just to chill in a room full of Roscoes. I... I that sounds so weird. A room for the Roscoe. A room for the Roscoe. Just him. Just... <laughs> <laughs> nah, like a Roscoe. I always find him. I always find him funny because I think it's one of those artists who a lot of people know, but they know because they don't understand it. Yeah. Like it's one of those ones. It takes a moment to mm. figure it out. Yeah, definitely. And I remember. I think it was was it like when Tate had some of his work in, and we went as GCSE. My mum went with us. She, she, she like instantly said to us, like, I don't like this. I don't I don't get it. Oh, I could do that at home. Yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things that I don't understand it. I prefer yeah. the, the, the things in the other room, which yeah, is the yeah. classical art and stuff. 
And I was like, this is, in a way, this is kind of the point. You know, yeah, you're not true. really meant to no. connect with it in any way. You, Everyone takes something else from it. Some people who have never done art will walk in and go, this is amazing. I don't, yeah, don't yeah. understand it, but I have this connection to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the feeling that it creates. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there it is. It's that mixed emotion that it creates. And I quite like, as part of studying it, was I looked at the history behind the paintings. And the paintings have got a lot of history. And yeah. um, Roscoe was a bit of a diva as well. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> the um, the paintings that they've got in Tate, um, I can't remember how many there are, but there's several in the series, and he was supposed to be creating it for this fancy building, which then would, uh, would it kept changing what this thing was going to be. It was supposed yeah. to be for a building, it was supposed to be for a restaurant, and Roscoe got commissioned. He was paid to do these paintings. I went, no, you're not putting them there. I'm not having my artwork there. It's That's not great. right. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, we'd be like, oh. It's like, you've paid me, but no. No, no, no. exactly. It's like proper, <laughs> proper diva artist, and I love it so much. So it's like, I will pay you back. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I don't think you would have, have offered. It'd be like, no, no, this is, no, my artwork is not going in this space. No. It's not right. <laughs> Such a disconnect from what is now, where everyone's just like, no, get, uh, you know, I will pay to get my work into an exhibition. I will yeah. pay. I will pay the entry fee or whatever you need. It's yeah, like, definitely. no, you've paid me, but I'm not putting it here. No, just, my yeah. artwork does not go in this space. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we could do that now. <laughs> well, you could. Well, why not? You know, you could. It'd be very different. <laughs> I feel like get your artwork seen as much. That's the way to like gain reputation. <laughs> just like nobody knows who I am, but you're not putting my work in. There. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, have you heard of this artist? Like, <laughs> keeps refusing to let anybody put his artwork anywhere. Nobody's offering, but just keeps going on Twitter, just going, you're not allowed my artwork. <laughs> and I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Why can't we have it? Reverse psychology, yeah. I like it. It's that beautiful thing of as soon as something's exclusive, everyone wants in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going to yeah. hide it. This is where I'm going wrong. I give away my artwork for free. There you go, see? There you go. Turn from Rothko. <laughs> Just start out with diva aspects. Start out with life. diva and go from there. Go from You'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading, um, so reading is it Grayson Perry's Playing in Galleries book. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just kind of got to the chapter which is all about like popular art mm. and how uh, what's seen as like the best art is my is not necessarily the best art yeah. because it's done by popular vote, but popular vote doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. And there was the oh, was, it, was it the hawk. Hockney exhibition, maybe? Hockley exhibition? Don't know. Can't remember. Gone off the top of my head. But there's an exhibition at Tate in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, which most art critics considered terrible. Okay. Like the curation of it, the yeah, pieces yeah. chosen, and they were saying, this is just a bad display of work. Yeah. Yeah, they um, reported like the best footfall they've ever had. And it was that kind of just disconnect of, you know. What is it good art or if is the it? public like it because yeah, yeah. of the public going to see it because it's yeah. art or are they going to see it because it's popular? Yeah, yeah. Is it again? Is it a name? Yeah. I mean, what Hockney, draws it? Hockney's a big name, isn't it? It is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I like Grayson Perry. Yeah, because he says it how it is. He does. <laughs> um, have you listened to his Reese lectures? No. Very similar to the book. Yeah. Um, kind of. I've not read the book, but just kind of your description there is similar topics. Um, and I like that he's not afraid to kind of say like 
what we're all thinking essentially yeah um yeah which i think is it's good to have those sort of voices in that kind of yeah. sector um it's been interesting for me because i've not really been in a very arty sector for a while in terms of like i've probably since i've moved to northampton i think i've been to two exhibition openings in yeah. northampton um and just starting to kind of get into that scene because there's lots of pockets of things a bit like lincoln yeah um, Lincoln does like its 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 clicks. It's there's lots of things going on. Yeah, yeah. Of lots of, going also, on. Cause, uh, <laughs> because nobody understands what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Downside of giving your own job description. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and job title because people go, I, I don't understand. What are you? <laughs> they go, Well, I'm I'm just basically I'm a curator, but how a curator should be. Yeah. Um, I think I have that problem. Like, it, with the work I do. Yeah. I, I kind of... It's, it's one of those things if someone asks me what I do, and I always say, tell them I do nothing. <laughs> and it's just an instant reaction. It's like, what do you... I don't do anything. And then someone nearby me goes, no, Graham does this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to have to go through the list <laughs> of things which I do. And it's like, there's a, a piece which is in the front um, I've made for an open exhibition. Mm. So it's watercolour illustration... But I don't feel like it will get into an open exhibition. Okay. Because it's not illustration in you enough, because it's not clean enough. It's quite sketchy, because my okay. style's quite yeah, sketchy. Yeah. Um, so it can't really be considered just illustration. But it's not abstract enough, or edgy enough, or stylized enough mm. to be considered fine art. Okay. So it falls into that little middle you ground give yourself a job title. where I sit. Yeah. I'm just Graham. <laughs> That's my job title. So what do you I'm do? Graham. I'm Graham. I'm Graham. I'm What's angry. the job description of Graham? <laughs> Drinking coffee and putting other people at ease is generally my my view of the world. So I'm curious um, because I'm terrible at researching people. Go for it. <laughs> um, so you 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 started through like curation stuff and you do you you. Activities and workshops and mm-hmm. getting people involved. Yeah. Do you create? I see. Yeah, I get asked this a lot. I don't consider myself an artist. Okay. I haven't made a piece of. Actually, no. That's I'm about to tell you a fib. Ooh. I painted a couple of weeks ago okay. for the first time in forever. Yeah. Um, but that was at somebody else's workshop. Okay. Um, cool. and it was an oil painting workshop. Um, which I've never used oil paints before. I've never used oils. Um, not nicer than I thought they'd be. Yeah. Easier more... to learn than you thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the the artist that um, it was teaching the session. There was no art. What I call arty farty language. Right. Um, it's you smush it here, you swish it. I love the fact that there was like swishes and things. It just made it feel quite poetic. It was quite. Oh, I like this. Yeah. This is nice. <laughs> It's become dance. Yeah, I like it. Um, And I was actually quite impressed with myself. I mean, I also like the fact that she she kind of gave us this image. We were in the countryside. Mm -hmm. um, And she said, oh, this is kind of your inspiration image. But obviously you don't have to copy it. Which a lot of sort of those style workshops would be like, right, we're going to do this very precisely. And I really dislike that. Yeah, I'm not a very sort of precise person like that i'm a terrible baker for this reason 
because I don't do precision. I'm like, eh, I'm going to put it in and see what happens. Yeah. Um, much better cook than a baker, that's for that reason. Um, and also, in that kind of... I'm o- I only, yeah, I only have precision where it needs it. I don't yeah. kind of like to be over-precise with things. So, actually, it was a really nice workshop to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But... A- Besides that, I haven't made a piece of artwork since I finished my undergrad, which was like 2011. Okay. I a bit more crafty things. Yeah. Um, which is more of like a therapeutic type thing in this kind of a... Yeah. See, because there's, there is this kind of like disconnect, which I've tried to kind of figure out, mm. between craft and art. Yeah. And it's this like weird little thing because it's like I've seen art which is made from craft process, mm-hmm. and I'd consider um, like kind of I consider like stuff to do with like felt and um, materials and stuff mm-hmm. kind of crafty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I've seen fine art pieces which made, are yeah, made out of these materials, these yeah. materials and these things. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the same time, I've seen people do oil painting and acrylics and all this kind of stuff mm. but in more of a craft sense yeah yeah so it's like this weird little little segregation <laughs> yeah i think um my sort of experience of it is people is what people put what skill they put on it right okay. um and that's not not my opinion of it actually i think actually there's a lot of value in doing more basic things in terms of it's what you it's also what you're doing it for mm-hmm. i think it's kind of and what you you want to get out of it as well, yeah. and I think public perception, kind of a lot of workshops that I do, many artists would be like, "What is she doing?" Right. They wouldn't like what I'd be doing. Yeah. Because <clears throat> a lot of them seem quite um, simple. Um, I did a radio interview a few months ago, and they were like, "Oh, so these things are almost like childlike." Right. Um, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> I've, 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 a tiny, tiny bit insulting. Hurt me a little bit. There. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm on live radio. I, mean, I can't tell you to be quiet. <laughs> Shit, you should definitely tell me. Um, so, so you do finger paintings? It's like, well, I wouldn't call them finger paintings. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose because they could be done. Because a lot of things I do are intergenerational. Yeah, and that's what I try and. It's about people expressing themselves. For me, that's the important thing. Right. And it's trying to get it at a level where people can access it. Mm-hmm. So some of the things may seem childlike. Yes. Um, but it's not... It's it's kind of what people get out of it. Um, so you've probably seen, like, I do Craftanoon sessions. Yeah. Um, which is an initiative that I commandeered from mine charity. Okay. <laughs> so they do it once a year. Right, okay. I comm- that seems like really, like, once a year. Yeah, they do it once <laughs> a year. So they've had it like a few, I think it was last month. Seems like it should be a monthly. Um, and they have like, it's kind of one of those like yearly events. Everybody's going to do craft noon this weekend. Okay. And I thought, this is a really great idea. Yeah. Let's try and pilot it somewhere. Okay. So... I did, and yeah. I went okay. I'm um, yeah, constantly looking for different things to do because uh, my brain can only come up with so many ideas. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing sessions since October last year, and I do them every week. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of different sessions. That is a lot of different um, sessions. <laughs> so I have to Pinterest, please help me. 
<laughs> what is what is trending? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what's happening in the world of it's crap? Like everyone's into decoupage. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like quick to hobby craft. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of looking at it, I think yeah, it's what you want to use it for and what you want to get out of it, and kind of using it in that way. So yeah, for crafternoon, it's kind of people. Doing something that they can access, that they could do at home. Mm. The materials are not expensive. Um, that if they did want to do it at home, then that's they can do that. And I always yeah. say, like, people can take materials home with them so they can carry on. Because it's like, some things will take more than the three hours that we're there. Yeah. And everybody's also, we have a cup of tea, we have a natter. Some people just want to have a natter. Yeah. And that's cool. So it's more like, about the company. Yeah, a lot of yeah. It's yeah. about <clears throat> it's about kind of like sense of community as well, yeah. which is something that I'm really is a strong strand throughout my work at the moment. Yeah. Um, see, when I describe my work, it's kind of it's it feels like I'm talking like an artist, but I'm not because no, well, I, my practice is different. I, I still think it's it's a it's enough of a specialization that you can describe it as your work. Like, yeah. if, if there was, like, an accountant yeah. describing it, they'd still describe it as, well, in my, my, my work. work. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels a bit weird sometimes because... And then people are like, so you're an artist? I'm like, um... Yeah. I think, in a way, like, curation... Curation's something which I don't feel like I could ever do because I don't have the... It's going to sound terrible considering I work in quality assurance. I don't have the attention to detail mm. for events. And I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the technical aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about setting up someone else's work. I care about the concept. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's what kind of drives me. So when people do go, oh, no, I'm going to I'm gonna explore curation. I'm going to explore, you know, teaching people and, and opening all these avenues and stuff. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you've just removed all concept and gone straight for the... Uh, the admin yeah. side. The <laughs> like, admin side. <laughs> oh, that, that makes my job sound really boring. Because no, I'm like, it's it's a skill which I appreciate because I'm like, I don't, I just don't get it. Because in my head, it, it becomes it becomes very admin. It was, yeah, it's the yeah, stuff which but, I yeah, avoid. I can understand that there is there <laughs> like, is kind of. Um, yeah, I suppose there is a quite big element that is yeah. kind of admin organization that sort of thing yeah. um i still think there's an element of concept i suppose it's depending on the partnership between like the curator and the artists yeah um i think when i've the last kind of big things i've curated i've had to come up with the concept as well yeah um and that's with working with artists and also working with um this is the one i like to drop in i worked with the freemasons two okay. years ago everybody goes Oh, okay. How did you get that? Um, Just approach them. <laughs> no, so my, my uncle's uh, a Freemason, and okay. two years ago they had their tercentenary celebration. Oh, I think I saw about yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And so outside of London, Leicestershire um, has one of the biggest collections of Masonic artifacts. Oh, right. That's There's some really strange things. They're, things yeah. I absolutely love. Yeah. My favourite was the Masonic Jelly Mould. Masonic Jelly Mould. But when you're having that? a dinner party and yeah, you, you still want to be a Freemason. <laughs> right. um, and it was... Oh, it was just... A, it was interesting. Totally different way of working in yeah. terms of curatorial practice. And... I mean, I was sort of a curator slash designer. 
Yeah. Researching for that because it was I did everything for that project from researching, coming up with the sort of brief, pitching to the powers that be, yeah. um, the provincial grandmaster, which still sounds like a wizard. Um, so um, I feel like I might be a bit magic now. Yeah, um, why not? Maybe yeah. hanging out with Freemasons. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, but I love projects where I kind of learn things as well. Yeah, and actually, they're quite an interesting. I'm going to call them an organisation. I don't know whether they would describe themselves as that, but um... I mean, they've got to be organised somewhere, right? Well, yeah. that's how yeah. I count it. Yeah. A large collection of people <laughs> who require organisation. Are you organised? Yes, they're an organisation. Um, Otherwise, they're just a rabble. A rab- they're def- no, they're not a rabble. <laughs> they have titles. <laughs> they're organised. They're, they're very organised. Um, but it's interesting kind of delving into the history, because I'm originally from Leicester, so actually delving into the history of Leicester, and the way I wanted to curate the exhibition was, and the reason I think why they hired me was, A, I barely knew anything about Freemasonry, so it was a total... A new person coming into this and looking yep. at it from an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. because it was going to be a public exhibition yep. um, they needed that fresh pair of eyes and that perspective that and yeah. actually what would the people of Leicester be interested in they're not going to be interested in the 20 mayors of Leicester who yeah. were Freemasons because it doesn't have any relevance to them no. and so I, I got given a lot of uh, Masons who are very passionate about the history of Freemasonry, yeah. which is fair enough. It's, re- it's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, William Hogarth was a Freemason. Yeah. There you go. I've actually seen some of his prints right. in Leicester, <laughs> which I almost cried because they put pins in them. Oh. As a curator, I was just like, I can't <laughs> this. I take them away because I can't look at this. They're like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. You put pins in... Oh. And then it's in direct sunlight as well. I'm just, I can't cope with this. <laughs> this is stuff which is the, exactly why I come to be a curator. Because I just don't care. <laughs> I'd be okay, like, okay. a bit of blue tack. Oh, <laughs> my worst nightmare. So I need to hang this here. Anyone got tape? So <laughs> <laughs> tape, double-sided. Oh, no. But I'm so- the significance, I'm, you can appreciate the significance of yes. Hogarth prints. Yes. I can significate okay. the, like, the requirement to archive yeah. and not damage. And also sticking pins, drawing pins <laughs> that obviously come from Wilco's. Yeah. <laughs> In the cabinet with direct sunlight, it's going to damage it, which then means obviously it's not going to be around. And yeah. um, Also just that, yeah, actually... Just that, yeah, the significance of actually him being a mason and actually his prints and his work were quite almost taking the mickey out of that kind of lifestyle at the time in terms yeah. of that Victorian era as well, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah, just kind of working with them was really interesting from looking at all these different uh, artifacts and things. The reason I found the jelly mould was... <laughs> love that. Um... I went down to the main hall in London, mm-hmm. uh, which is humongous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lots of giant chairs, which feels slightly unnecessary, but... You can have an organisation, one have a giant chair. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of giant chairs. I mean, I, I, I need a leg up to get on some of those chairs. Maybe people were bigger back in the <laughs> <isn't they? laughs> Um... 
and I spotted this and I just thought it was just so random. Yeah. I was like, who who decided that they needed a Masonic jelly mould? Like a copper jelly mould with like the square and compass yeah. symbol on top of it. I love stuff like that though. It's like it's like when you watch <clears throat> like documentaries about any kind of like religious party or anything like that yeah, yeah. and they like to go around their house mm. or whatever and they'll just be like everything will have a crucifix on it or yeah, yeah. everything will have like their symbol on it yeah, yeah. and you're like who's producing this yeah exactly. like, yeah who, who's going to this yeah you know it's like my toilet rolled holder definitely needs jesus on it he needs to be right there you <laughs> 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 just like no, no, he doesn't. No, 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 he doesn't. It's like, oh no, but you know, I'm a Christian. So like, he, he needs, well, I, well, I don't. Whatever floats your boat, I suppose. And it happens in every organisation. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I came back to Leicester and I was like, oh, I saw this jelly mold, and they're like, oh, we've got one. I was like, what? This <laughs> is going in the exhibition. This was mass produced. <laughs> yeah. Like... Um, because they would literally have in sort of that Victorian era, they would have like. Their fireplaces and their mantelpiece would be yeah. full of Masonic stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to recreate one of these um, with all the random stuff that I think is really cool. Yeah. Including the jelly mold, my fave. Um, and the light, uh, a light bulb, which the like the filament was like a square and compass. Like, who came up with that? Who's putting the time in it? This is just shows <laughs> people have free, too much free time. <laughs> um just like some uh like a a cribbage board i don't even i I don't really know what cribbage is but apparently it was a cribbage board but it just looked really cool but everything had like masonic symbolisms on them i just had a weird thought so it's like the the only way i can contextualize this Mm -hmm. like as how why or people would do this Mm. so you know when you get fandoms yeah so like (laughs) people who love like anything so like doctor who Mm -hmm. and then their day-to-day job is like they're a baker yeah. And they go, I should make some Doctor Who cakes. Yeah. Or something like that. And then well, this guy's just like, I work in a light bulb factory. I can make a Doctor Who light bulb. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that level yeah, of like, I mean, interest. Let's see, um, the Masonic t shirt wasn't out right yeah. <laughs> back then. So uh, the light bulb and the jelly yeah. mold it was. Um, and teapots, many teapots, many oh, yeah, Masonic. I can imagine yeah. mugs and, and some really cool glasses, which are like like all brightly coloured and yeah. stuff. Really cool stuff. Um, and stuff from around the world as well, because it's like I didn't know how international it was. Mm. But it was just, I quite I liked doing that exhibition because it was just totally different, and it opened up like a new avenue. I was like, oh, the world of heritage, mm. um, which I hadn't really delved into before. Yeah. Um and I, I like the fact that I learnt a lot um about sort of the organisation but also actually locally. Yeah. Kind of was doing research at the archives in Leicester and looking at sort of the historical side of the city, which like I've grown up in it, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that was yeah. there, which was interesting. And also using archives <clears throat> and things in Yeah. Part of exhibitions is quite interesting because it underused resource as far as I'm concerned. I've not even found the one in Northampton yet, so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's hidden. Probably. Um, All of these things are hidden. Yeah. Like, the Lincoln one's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Did my... Uh, I worked with them <clears throat> for my MA exhibition, because we had to do a module, actually, where we did produce an exhibition. Yeah. From concept to delivery in three months. There you go. Seems like a lot of work. 
It was a lot of work, yeah. I was a full-time MA. <laughs> um, so, okay. So in terms of, like, heritage and projects and stuff like that, mm. and the art world, who's easier to work with? Well, the heritage... Artists or heritage experts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's... I feel like they're both quite passionate people. They are, yeah. I in think... completely different ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some overlaps though. Very okay. precious about you touching things. Okay, don't yeah. touch my stuff. Don't touch this without like a million pairs of gloves. On. <laughs> um, or actually, or some of them's like, oh no, touch them with your hands because uh, wearing gloves makes it worse. I'm like, what? what? Back to front world is this? Um, yeah, I think working. Yeah, yeah, they're just totally different. Um, yeah. Precious about different things. Generally, yeah, yeah. Generally, just like making sure. Obviously, I think my experience of heritage people is it's making sure everything comes back in one piece. I mean, artists are quite precious about, but um, I guess with artists generally, you can make another one. (laughs) Heritage, yeah, heritage stuff. Like, well, that was the only one. Two decades old now. Um, yeah, I think it's who you work with. So obviously yeah. part of the exhibition with the Freemason, we borrowed stuff from their sort of museum and library yeah. and they wanted to pack everything up. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. You do that. Saves me. That, that's cool. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. then they knew exactly what was in each box. We yeah. did. And, <clears throat> um, some lovely admin, which you would have loved. Okay. <laughs> nice inventory list. Yeah. Yeah, what was each box? Make sure everything was returned, everything went back. Um, they did trust me to pack it away when we finished, so that yeah, was cool. That's cool. They did come and pick it up though, which of is course, fine. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have any. I only have public transport, so. Um, I mean, that makes more a lot yeah. of sense. Then, that, that kind of um, <clears throat> yeah, I've then yeah worked with archives. They are. Depending on what it is. Yeah. Um, so when I went with the Lincoln Shear <coughs> Archives, they actually like wanted everything in those proper sealed like cases. Okay. Um, obviously, the light had to be a certain yeah wattage, which yeah, I, I learned things about light bulbs. <laughs> More things than you wanted to know yeah, about light bulbs. Yeah, um, <coughs> some weird special like equipment that goes in the bottom of like of those glass cases so when you see those glass cases in the museum and you mm. all you see is that top glass bit and there's obviously yeah. that big chunk underneath yeah. there's stuff under there yeah um and they have this like special stuff that basically prevents kind of like the moisture coming in and yeah. all that sort of things and uh and it's about 200 quid a pop yeah yeah um luckily they donated that because i had no budget for my <laughs> exhibition I mean, they could just pin it to a board. <laughs> you, you are you are a heritage person's worst nightmare. Oh, I am. Like, if I went to <laughs> like an archive and they gave me some things and they were like, oh, you need to wear gloves. I'd wear the gloves as instructed, but yeah. as soon as their back was turned, I'd want to touch it without gloves. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, just, just, just look, look what I'm doing. Oh. Look, touching it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, they're just very 
different. Yeah. I think it also depends on the nature of the people that you're working with. So I've worked with like artists who are quite relaxed and yeah. they're very chill. Um, some that aren't as much. <laughs> no names. <laughs> I'm not mentioning <laughs> I'll mention names. names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, they might listen and then yeah. they'll never want to work with me again. <laughs> is it that bad do you really want to work with him again uh, no, I mean nobody nobody's been nobody's been Roscoe Diva okay um, like, oh, cannot go in this no, space um, there's yeah it's obviously it's your work I understand it it's your yeah. work you want to have it portrayed in a certain way mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the times sort of my role is kind of trying to battle through those things in the in the background that kind of they're not happy about yeah um and trying to work with the venue because it's normally you're working with another venue it's not normally a space that you have control over obviously you've, then you got to negotiate with them yeah. so it's kind of a yeah it's an, it's yeah it's an <clears throat> interesting role it's not your normal kind of it's more than admin yeah. i can tell you that <laughs> <It's definitely laughs> I think kind of like what interests me about what you do is because you do have like <clears throat> the range essentially because mm. you've you've put yourself in this position of doing everything and yeah. and then you've got you like the the activities and mm. craft afternoons and all this kind of stuff which you've brought together. Well, then, then I guess for some people that overriding question of why why would you want to do that. Why would I want to do different things? Well, no, why would you want to bring... Like, why would you want to be the process which brings stuff to people? Like, what's the point in curating something in such a way that it's accessible or doing, like, activity afternoons? Because people could do that at home. People could look it up online. You could could. just put work in a room. Yeah, could. So, I guess, like, for some people, it's just, like, that's a lot of effort for for art or for heritage. Well, I think... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think people underestimate the... The power of like art, yeah. And I think for me, it's something that a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't draw." I'm like, yeah. "Can you pick up a pencil? You can draw. Yeah, you can write. You can draw." I'm not expecting you to be Da Vinci because I haven't got those skill sets. So, but it's for me, it's about giving it a go and it, yeah. providing those things. Yes, you could do those. Home. People could look at them home. Not everybody can though. No, not everybody would know how to do that and kind of a lot of the sessions that I run um there's people from all sorts of backgrounds all sorts of like additional needs whether that's learning whether it's physical they might not have access to those and it's about providing something that then they can access that if I can put something in place that helps somebody else I'm doing my job right. Mm-hmm. And that's whether I'm doing a workshop, whether I'm putting together an exhibition, whether I'm doing a community project. Yeah. Um, I think the ethos that kind of runs through my work is making things accessible, making things inclusive, and um, breaking down barriers. Because with, like... There's still kind of a little little stigma with art. With art is this. Art is those yeah. big fancy paintings that you see in museums and galleries. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. And stripping it back to kind of it's more of a... Like... I So I'm going to say this, and I actually have value in craft and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Stripping it back to things that are more basic. Okay, yeah. And yeah. the way people perceive it. And you are being creative. For me, it's encouraging creativity. 
Right. And it's encouraging people to realise that creativity is not just about drawing, it's not just about painting. It, yeah. For me, it's a mindset, mm-hmm. and it's how you approach things. And if you're kind of providing people with those opportunities, then later down the line, they'll probably do it very, like, not realise that they're doing it. They've, they've done something with making something. Mm-hmm come further down the line and they've got a problem solve something yeah i think back to something they've already done that was creative and look at it that way yeah it's kind of planting a seed of creativity as it were yeah to getting people thinking differently getting and using it for different things because it's not just it's a massive form of expression and i think it's so accessible it's not like if you go, kind of go back to school days when it's maths and science, those things, they're right or they're wrong. Yeah. And one thing I really like about the arts and creativity, there's not a right and a wrong. Yeah. It's you, up to you. Yeah. It's up to you how you interpret it. It's up to you how you make something. And that's how I run my sessions. Unless it's specifically like a specific skill. So like I do jewellery workshops, that's yep. a specific skill. If we kind of don't do it a certain way, it might not no, turn no, no, out no. as a... Yep. I mean, which is cool <laughs> if you want to do that. But if you're paying to come and do a, yeah. a jewellery workshop, you kind of want to make some jewellery. You want to come away with some jewellery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, ah, just be expressive. Yeah. In that instance, it doesn't work. But, um, but for like some of my other sessions, yeah. I... The way I structure a workshop is I'm here as a guidance. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of workshops I've been to over the years and ones that I've run in the past, much more structured mm-hmm. and which is fine. I haven't got a problem with that. But for me, I doesn't work for what I'm trying to do. Yeah. It doesn't work for what I'm trying to offer, which is a chance for people to do things their way and find, discover things trying things out that they maybe yeah. wouldn't try before and <clears throat> um, so that's kind of why yeah i do that and why i think it's important to do that and i think the same for curatorial work that i do um putting an exhibition together for me it's not about telling people this is an exhibition about such and such mm-hmm. i mean the freemasons one kind of what kind of was, yeah. <laughs> that's a different thing yeah. but like for art exhibitions that yeah. i've put together it's about offering people a chance to interpret things for themselves so um the example i always use when i did my ma i put this exhibition together Mm -hmm. and i had no interpretation panel right which threw off the gallery so much the exhibition was at the collection in the courtyard gallery and i had no interpretation panel and i got asked multiple times so you have an interpretation panel i went no Oh, we always have an interpretation panel. Do you? <laughs> That's kind of the point. <laughs> um, and what I did instead was I called alternative interpretation. I did an interview with one of the archivists. Okay. And I asked her kind of what the role, her role was in a, as an archivist and the relationship between her and the public and archives and artists. So it gave the exhibition a context, yeah. but it didn't tell people exactly what it was about. Yeah. And then there was a handout that people could read in the space. Yeah. That's one of my other bugbears is having handouts that you just can take away. Right. Because people don't actually really read them. Because it's just a repeat of the interpretation panel that's on yeah. the wall. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, but I also wanted to offer, have that as an option. Okay, yeah. An interpretation panel is in your face. It's there. You can't really avoid it. Yeah. 
That's particularly the way people move around an exhibition. Most people go to the left. I've trained myself to go to the right because I'm an awkward person. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I had yeah this sort of... Uh, in, well, it wasn't an interpretation. It was kind of more like a, a publication. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little context about the exhibition. There was written pieces by the artists. And I invited different people to write about archives from different perspectives. Okay. So it was just looking at it from um historian's perspective, looking at it from somebody who actually works in a different museum, um, looking at it from <clears> an education <throat> perspective. So mm-hmm. looking at... Um, an, an archivist's perspective, giving it more of a richer context for me. Okay. And yeah. then, or the only other text that was in the exhibition was the title of the exhibition and then um, each artist's name underneath their work. Yeah. And that was it. Um, which, which scares some people. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> but I think it's kind of challenging those those norms of an exhibition yeah i think in a way like so because i i have i have not strong views on workshops mm-hmm. but maybe views which kind of don't sit with people in, okay. in, a, in a way so like but that's because i make i make a very clear distinction in my head between what i consider to be art mm-hmm. what i consider to be expression and creativity mm-hmm. and what i consider kind of public service Sort of yeah. Thing. So, what what bugs me is when you get a workshop or an activity or something where they're describing it as art, mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, it's not technically art unless they want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you know, you can encourage people to create, and I think you should encourage people to create, mm-hmm. and that's why you need afternoons yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But it's when people kind of get this misinterpretation because art's such a catch-all word mm-hmm. where they'll come away and be like, well, no, I've been and made art. I said, well, to me, it's like, you haven't been and made art. You've expressed yourself Yay. and you've you've created and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But until you add concept to that, you've just created. <laughs> As you were saying, all I was imagining is kind of one of those sort of like, those school workshops that you get where they've made like, I don't know, it's about the Romans and they made yeah. a little mosaic. I'd love for like a five-year-old to come and go, well, the concept of this is... Well, this is... Yeah, this is the, wait, it's, <laughs> I am going to... If I ever have children, I'm going to teach my child to do that. Definitely. Because it's... It's, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. These, it's one of these crazy things. And I, I, I always feel... It's one of these like points in my head where I always feel hugely pretentious about it. Because of... It, it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, art creation. and it, It's all hand in hand. And I'm in, in my head, I'm like, it's not all hand in hand. Because... It's, it it's needs linked. the context. It's yeah. linked, and they all have interlinking. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same as like you know, if you give someone pots and pans and they make noise mm-hmm. because they want to make noise, mm-hmm. that's not music. You know, they're not making yeah, music; yeah. they're expressing themselves, yeah, yeah. and they're distinctly they're connected, but they're yeah, not the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, mm, I can understand that. Because I'm always it's one of those things of I think when I meet people who do on workshops and, and like the one we did is, is yeah I'm I'm, i remember how uncomfortable you felt oh, doing I'm, that i it's insane <laughs> i can't teach people <laughs> but it's just yeah just like i'm like it's when you meet people and they're it's i always curious which aspect they're trying to push 
Are you trying to encourage people to create? Are you mm. trying to encourage people to do things which they wouldn't usually do? Because yeah. it doesn't come naturally to everybody. Yeah. Like the one we did, that was essentially, well, my view of it was we were just encouraging people. Yeah, yeah. Um, or are they trying to encourage people to create art? Mm-hmm. In which case, to, uh, to me, you've got to go at it from a different angle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's, I think, as well, you kind of, I mean, there's a few spaces in Lincoln where I've seen them, I see them as art spaces because mm-hmm. they're advertised as art spaces. Yeah. But they're utilised for non-art activity. But are they used for creative activity? Well, this, this is the, the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or at least my problem. <laughs> So you're using that space for creative activity. Oh, interesting. Sh- should you? <laughs> <laughs> Could this not well, be done somewhere else? Well, to take up with them. Yeah. This is why I don't I live here anymore, so I'm not getting involved in this discussion. <laughs> but no, I, just, I, can't, I do find it fascinating. It's that, I think as well, like, especially like from people who have created in the past, mm-hmm. we see it as quite a natural thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you forget that some people don't, in a way? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've probably come across more people now that have been doing more stuff in, like, communities that mm-hmm. are like, oh, I don't do art. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, I'm like, I'll just give it a go. Like, yeah. I've just done five weeks of doing workshops with 16-year-olds around creativity and mental health yeah. and getting them to like draw and do we did like a graffiti wall and they're like I don't draw and that very teenage I don't draw <laughs> can you write I don't do that I don't do that <laughs> I don't do that I'm like mm, can you pick up this pencil some of them give you a bit of sass but go no I'm like oh, I mean, that's unlucky for you then isn't it you're going to struggle you're going to struggle <laughs> But the way I always open it with is, like, I kind of set some ground rules and I ask people to be open-minded. I say, this may not be your thing, mm-hmm. but what it might do is might lead you to looking at what is your thing. Right. Um, and it's looking, again, it's looking at creativity as a mindset. And I think you can be creative in lots of different things. I don't think it's necessarily just... It's associated with art yeah. and all those traditional things. But it's much more than that. And it's even if you look at like industry now, they're looking at how people can be creative in whatever job that you've got. A lot of businesses are looking at them now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I am actually interested to see how they perceive it. Um, And go, hmm, this might be an interesting avenue (laughs) to explore. Um, Because it's people who have it's out of their comfort zone and I quite yeah. like working with people who it maybe is out of their comfort zone because I try and run a workshop that makes it relaxed yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not it doesn't have to look a certain way it doesn't have to be like this precise thing which really frustrates some people <laughs> it does people like boundaries <laughs> yeah like, I can do what you like they're like I can't cope with this plain piece of paper I'm like here I draw a line on it it's not blank it's anymore no you're alright <laughs> Um, yeah, and so it's no, it is interesting. This kind of yeah, this relationship between kind of what you were saying between sort of what things are creative and then yeah. things that, that are specifically art. I would say I run more creative workshops than, than art workshops. Art workshops. Yeah. I mean, you see, so you, you work with 
people of all ages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, current workshop spectrum: the youngest age is two. Yeah. Um, the oldest is about sixty. So yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can see, I can let. You're well, no. like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. No, I don't think that's crazy. <laughs> I think it's. I, I'm. I'm curious from a point of view of because I. So, like you say, like teenagers will resist anything you give them because they're yeah, teenagers. And, that's their. But role. then some of them really embrace it because it's actually yeah. something they've not thought of before. Yeah. Um. But I feel like if you get to, I think because I, I think from my view of when you grow up through schools and Mm. and whatnot the general like what you say is the general juxtaposition of your life is we are going to teach you how to logic we're going to teach you how to fit boxes because Mm -hmm. everything has boxes Mm -hmm. and therefore that like that will make life simple because that's what it does it does make life simple to have everything in boxes yeah so when you get to like 20s and 30s and you've done that all your life breaking that Mm -hmm. is a huge problem whereas for like a child you give them paper I and crayons, they'll be like, with, "Yeah, yeah." I love doing <laughs> workshops for kids because they just there's no there's like no it's totally free. They'll just do what they feel like. Do you find that with old people? Because uh, I feel like they get to a point where they don't care. Don't care what's happening, <laughs> like, nah, I'm just gonna do it anyway. So like, I'm uh, past sixty. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes because if they've come with a certain skill set, yeah. they want to bring that in, which is cool. I yeah. quite I like learning from other people as well. Um, so I know my workshop session next week uh, for Craftoon is something called quilling. Quilling. Yeah, which sounds really fancy. It sounds like. Uh, is, it, is it like ink pen? No. Oh. It's things to do with paper and oh. like making them like <laughs> in like you kind of use different tools to like roll them into different shapes and then you make them into like different images. Okay. Um, That's and one of the ladies who comes pretty much every week. She's got all like the equipment. She's like, oh, should I bring my equipment and then I can show people what I do? Yeah. And that for me, that's what it's about. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. like skill sharing, and um, that's something I'm really interested in. Is skill. I I really don't have all the skills that, for all the things that I'd like to do. Yeah. So I need to learn from other people. I need to borrow other people's skills, and yeah. hopefully we can exchange it. And um, I think that should be the new currency. What skills? Skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you'd get a lot further. You could. I mean, it depends Skill. what you consider further as. Well, <laughs> uh, um, I think professionally, skill sharing would yeah. like is a good currency to work with. It's not a bad one. It's yeah. one of these kind of like. We have to pay your bills, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it might do. It might. <laughs> It's kind of self-cannibalizing, though. If everyone shares their skills and everyone learns everything, at some point, nothing's going to be worth anything. Well, but it's not necessarily, like, learning those skills completely. It's kind of saying, like... I mean, we've had a conversation, like, obviously about supporting you to curate an exhibition and then I need some support in putting a book together. That skill swapping. I'm not necessarily going to learn... I don't think you want to learn curatorial skills from this conversation. I feel like I want to learn them just so I can go against them. I mean, I'm all about pushing the boundaries. It's kind of like learn the rules just so you can break them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm a big fan of that. And I kind of do that. I I like to think I do that a bit with curatorial practice anyway. Um, but I don't necessarily want to learn all those skills like from you help me doing this book. Yeah, it's an exchange. Okay. Um, I see. That. 
Yeah, so that's kind of more the currency. <laughs> I haven't got time to learn all the don't, skills. Don't learn everything. <laughs> <laughs> don't learn everything. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, so no, I think that's quite... I'd, I'd quite like to see more of that. Yeah. I don't think... that Say, like, with, through, like, workshops, curation and, and exhibitions and everything, mm. I don't feel like there's ever a limit on what you can tap into. No. So I don't, I don't feel like... Because some people kind of get to a point where they're like, well, it's, it's it's extra stuff, or I haven't got time, or anything mm. like that. To me, it's just like, well, you do little bits. and You can always just add on to yeah, whatever you're yeah. doing, and how it might help you interpret other things in your life. Mm-hmm. As you say, you know, you don't know where it's going to be applied if you learn one thing yeah, exactly. to another thing. And it's, like you say, it's a, a mindset. It's actually thinking... I think a lot of like creative skills that you do in like workshops and things it helps you think outside the box mm-hmm. and that's why I love working with uh, kids I did a uh, session on Wednesday for like this big community day in a park it was very windy um, it was interesting I used paper that was a bad decision yeah <laughs> I'm seeing problems <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instantly um, I was like kids come and do this workshop sit on the paper <laughs> place children on yeah, one on each corner yeah yeah um and it was from the outside it looks a very basic workshop mm. it was kind of using like natural materials to make masks and headbands and mm. i kind of said right because what kids ask now first question they ask is how do you do it do what <laughs> make the thing that you want to do how do you do uh, it okay. how do you do it and i go you tell me. And they go, oh, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> and, but what I've, <laughs> don't give that answer every time because it does intimidate some kids. to intimidate um, children. Now the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, what I kind of do now is, these are the materials. Yeah. Um, I'm here to help you if you need my help. Okay. But you see what you can do. Yeah. And that's a little less scary and they kind of go, Woohoo! Freedom. Yeah, and they do because when they're at school, yeah, they have to do it a certain way. I think maybe that's the thing. That's the key. Is is giving people permission to yeah yeah because we yeah, because so much of life first. is yeah. do this do this don't yeah, do this yeah, yeah. and then you go come along and go here's your permission slip yeah yeah <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah off you go you know yeah give it a go um, and it was interesting because some of like parents were joining in and yeah. you could definitely see kind of. Parents who were doing things very precise, very to the T, as I if If I'd written a sheet how to do it, that's yeah. how some of them were yeah. doing it, which is cool. Um, some of them were just, like, just going at it, which yeah. is great. Um, and some parents were... Because I've got, obviously, lots of different, like, natural materials and things like that. And there was one parent who really stood out, and she was... Because I'd also bought like pens and crayons and things because mm. I knew it was going to be a wide range of uh, children because it was like a family yeah. uh, orientated uh, event. And a lot of the kids then gravitated towards them. And I was like, I was a little bit sad because I'm like, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have brought them. I also ban rulers from my workshops. Okay. Because the amount of kids that go, can I have a ruler? No. no. Learn to draw a straight line. It's not <laughs> if even you want that. a straight well, line, like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Or find, or, but then it encourages them to think where they can find a straight line if I haven't got a ruler. Because yeah. I don't bring them. Yeah. It's not, 
If I did, I would not give it to them. <laughs> um, but then they go and be like, it's looking at problem solving again. It's yeah. a very basic thing. Yeah. But they look at, oh, where can I find a straight line that I can draw? If I really, if I, I'm like, if you really want a straight line, go and find one. Yeah. And they're like, look at me, it's slightly crazy <laughs> to begin with. But then they realise what I mean, and then yeah. they go and find it. They go and find another sheet of paper and they line yeah. it up. Um, but also for me, I, I'm not a big fan of straight lines anyway. No, no. <laughs> doesn't make me the best curator when in terms of hanging work. Never learned to drive. <laughs> no. just like... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just across the road. I, I mean, just... okay, straight lines have their place in the world. <laughs> um, but I and obviously. Yeah, yeah. Just, I feel like this is your little bit of pretension. <laughs> You're like, no, you can't have straight lines in the workshop. This is the drama can, moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not going in there. No straight lines. No. <laughs> yeah. Round canvases only. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, and obviously, I, there's I've worked with artists, and obviously, when I hang work, it is straight. It's not like oh wonky. <laughs> um, there is a place for straight lines. Yeah. But um, it's not my, it's not my preference. No. If in a in a workshop you don't need a ruler, unless you really gotta be precise. Like even if I'm doing like I did a jewelry workshop last Sunday and um, they've got to measure the length wide. No rulers. Mm. I was like, right, just go around your neck. Where do you want it to sit? Yeah. Make it a bit longer because you can always trim it. You can't. I can't add on the wire afterwards. Mm. No rule of cred. Still got a measurement. Yeah. I think that's a good. That's a good. A good point. And it's, again, uh, it's, it comes around to problem around, solving. Yeah, it? it's around problem solving. It's around yeah. this kind of need to things to be precise. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in some instances, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would definitely, in terms of like, just thinking very dramatically, I would like the person who's designing engines and things for cars and aeroplanes and transport i like them to be precise that's cool that has a that has a function that's a safety aspect. that's a safety expert <laughs> uh, me in a workshop not necessarily doesn't that's need that too. doesn't need that precision yeah and it, if you take that away then it gets people kind of it breaks down kind of this barrier that it has to be this certain way it has to look precise it has yeah. to look this way um, I did consider banning rubbers at one point as well, which is <laughs> oh, you should definitely ban rubbers. We, um, my art teacher, banned rubbers, mm. and it, it teaches you to overdraw completely, mm. and then you get told off for it in science class where they're like, "No, you should just draw a straight line." I'm like, "No, but I've drawn seven lines, which make up one line." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it swings and roundabouts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um. I feel like I feel like that's a good that's a good point to bring it around to. Yeah. Is, is this this whole idea of when you're doing things like that and doing activities and approaching things even in a clinical manner through workshops, curation, mm. it's just about encouraging yeah. problem solving and creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And we'll call it <laughs> the end then. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Um, obviously, we're going to discuss future events yes. have you got a, a, activities coming up in the next month or so I assume yeah yeah is it uh, all Northampton based yeah Northampton based uh, with uh, looking out looking out looking out yeah mm-hmm. so yes Northampton based things uh, at the moment 
afternoon, so it's just all going. I've just actually got a second location nice. to try and spread it across the town. Um, and then I'm running a co-running a project called the Start of Something NN. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, which is all around kind of. There's a lot of negativity in Northampton. Right. Um. You'll, you'll have to. <laughs> Come up to come. Sounds my my kind of point. Yeah, lots of negativity. <laughs> no, also a lot of positive. There's okay. a lot of there's negative representation right. of the town, yeah. and it's kind of. But it's just the issues that people have got are all across the country. It's like yeah. oh, the high street, everything shrunk down on the high street. Uproar last year when M and S closed. Cars. I know. I mean, I was a little bit upset to be honest. <laughs> I don't care about M&S. <laughs> M&S closed. I was like, that's great. Aldi still exists? Yes, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, oh, the day Aldi shuts down, there will be anarchy. Um, and, but yeah, the town centre, a lot of shops have closed yeah. and uh, the council hasn't got a good reputation and it's kind of... I felt there was so much negativity. I just thought, this is, this is not that bad. No. It's really not that bad. So it was kind of responding to that and also a project that um, C-Van, East Midlands, I don't know if you come across C-Van. No, no. So they're the Contemporary Visual Arts Network okay. for the East Midlands. And they come in Northampton because we are in the East Midlands. Just, just. about. Just about. <laughs> you see, you're, on. you're clinging on yeah. at the edge. <laughs> uh, we're south of East Midlands. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was kind of looking at that they did this series of programs called the start of something Mm -hmm. and it was looking at how to use sort of the arts to start something positive in your area and i wanted that idea but not just having it as part of the arts but having it as something what the community want Mm -hmm. and so that has been happening since february and we're doing like monthly events and looking at doing more of that looking at how like as a community we can skill share we can exchange kind of things and build the town up to something that the like the people want. Nice. Um, yeah, and hopefully doing an exhibition around people in Northampton and storytelling. Nice. And people should definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. In that case, I think, I mean, I'll leave links in the, the, mm. the descriptions below. But thank you for coming, sir. Thank you. And we'll call it there and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you do that.